because I, I was so close to deciding that dying was a better alternative to living that I really turned the corner on, on my relationship to life. And once I started to see that pain and suffering and be grateful for the experience, I made incredible progress because I looked at the, my pain and suffering um, and once I turned it into fuel, I was able to make progress. I was able to you know, do all these things, create this app, change my life. And I was very motivated by that. So I'm very grateful that I had this experience because of the change in direction that I experienced. And then I also became grateful for that component of myself because even though I, I went from shame to gratefulness, I went from being ashamed about who I was and what this was in my life to being grateful that I was aware of you know, that place in myself, that soul, that, that component of me that I spent so many years running away from. Once I became grateful and once I started to appreciate that, even as being a potentially non-optimal thing, even as that, you know, that personality trait, that characteristic, that feeling, being what the world today says is not good, right? I mean, especially in the United States, we, um, really push for people to always be happy all of the time and whatever. And I, I don't think the modern world today has a really open balance around positive emotions and negative emotions. And I, I became grateful that I ha actually had negative emotions because I realized that they could be used for good. Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, Georgian Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Our guest today has had some experience with gratitude and... Um, I believe his story is very inspiring and I think we can all um, get some, some very interesting ideas from it. Gratitude has been a big part of his healing from depression and he is grateful that he had to go through the pain of wanting to commit suicide and was able to overcome that and has been using this uh, personal experience to be more empathetic towards others and also to help people out. He has created a free app that helps people find peer and professional support. And his goal is to reduce stigma around mental health, improve help-seeking behaviors, and improve access. His, his name is Adam Moen, and he's here with us to talk more about his work, his story, and his experience with gratitude. Adam, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So let us know a little bit more about you. I know that, you, that you've spoken publicly 
um, that talk about your your story, your experience, and I would be very grateful if you would share um, a bit of that with our audience. Sure. So my story really begins in, um, you know, sort of middle school, high school, when um, I was just kind of fig- trying to figure out who I was and what the world was. I um, came from a very achievement focused uh, school and family. So um, while we had a lot of support for one another, um, accomplishment, um, achievement, performance was highly valued uh, because my parents you know, really wanted me to do well in life and live a life that I could have opportunity. So, um, you know, we were expected to perform at school and in all activities uh, to a very high degree, which um, I was able to do in a lot of regards, um, but I didn't really see the impacts of that until I got to college. Um, I continued to excel or, you know, try my best, which I'm very grateful for. My parents really instilled in me a um, a drive, a motivation, a, you know, a, a will, uh, a desire to do great things. Um, but uh, what happened was in our pursuit for that sort of, um, you know, accomplishment, we... Mm-hmm. perhaps didn't spend a lot of time focusing on uh well or really allowing um non you know allowing non-optimal emotions so um mm-hmm. we didn't talk a lot i mean we always had conversations open and honest environment but um because of whatever reason there's a variety of different reasons the achievement is just one of them but um i didn't feel comfortable speaking about some of the challenges that I was going through interpersonally. So um, I never really felt like I understood who I was or what I was. Um, So in high school, I would say I would, you know, kind of going through the motions and college, I was still continuing to go through the motions, but um, now I started using drugs and alcohol to kind of, as stress relief really and self-medicating um so i had a very work hard play hard attitude um and then i just kind of got further and further away from myself throughout this process mm-hmm. and um i was very focused on work and i started working at some organizations and they were not very fulfilling and i really questioned the direction i was going in life uh, so um I, I, I lost hope. I was not excited about who I was or what I was doing. And um, so every day just kind of came more and more and more bleak. And this was in my early 20s, I would say. So um, one thing that some modern day suicide research says is that the brain is always looking to solve problems. And so one of my problems was that I was not feeling well. I was. Um, you know, the example I give is 
49% of my day is bad. And then, you know, 51% of my day is bad, is good. And then there's a time period when you, you cross over that zone in terms of like more of your day is negative and less of it is positive. 30% is positive. 70% is negative. 20% is positive. 80% is negative. And then all of a sudden my brain started looking for ways to solve the problem and since i wasn't telling anybody that i was feeling this way um i just started to think my only option was suicide uh so had a couple very close scares with uh near attempts and very fortunate that i didn't um but uh i ended up i just you know, kind of continuing to wallow. And I, I reached out for help to kind of in one capacity with my folks. I said, you know, I think I could um, really benefit from speaking with somebody. And they were like, yeah, you know, great. We'll get you a therapist. We'll get you supported. We love you. You're the best son ever. You're probably going through a phase, but we'll definitely help you out. So obviously I heard you're probably going through a phase. I, again, was told to kind of deal with it, and I did. And so things got progressively worse until um, finally I actually got in trouble with the law. And uh, I had like kind of a rock bottom moment where it became very apparent that I was unable to get myself out of my own depression and suicidal ideation. Um, and so I, I got home from court one day and I had all of these documents in my car. and. I walked into my parents' home and they said, hey, you know, how are you, Adam? And I was just like, well, I'm I'm fine, you know, nothing out of the ordinary or whatever. And for whatever reason today, my dad decided to go out to my car and he saw this manila folder and he brought it into the house and threw it on the table and said, were you going to tell us about this? And I just said, no. And it was at that point that they realized that I was incapable of getting myself in a healthy place so that I was not at risk for depression and suicide. So uh, I did start seeing a therapist. Um, and that was a huge turning point in my life. I started to um, just feel better. I started to talk about emotions. Um, I told a couple of my close friends how I was really feeling quite sad, which is the first time I had ever even mentioned those words. And they, they immediately blurted out after I feel the exact same way. So then I tapped into this kind of like really common undercurrent of sadness that was going on in my immediate environment in university. Um, and I became very interested in this idea of sadness because I was seeing it on people and I had felt it myself. So I started to peel back the layers of like, what's going on here? And I, um, I became very interested in mental health. I became very interested in peer support. I became very interested in help-seeking behaviors started to do research and I, I, I changed a lot about my life because um, I had this experience with suicide and uh, accessing therapy. Um, and it's uh, really changed the course of 
my life because um, I was fairly convinced that when I was gonna I was gonna go into college or university and I was gonna get an internship at a Fortune 500 company and I was gonna climb the corporate ladder and the thing I used to tell myself was that I was gonna slit throats and break necks until I was you know at the top of the food chain, which is a pretty ruthless way of looking at life. Um, and I don't know how long I would have actually lasted if I maintained that outlook. So, um, yeah, I, I really changed a lot about me because I had this experience. Wow. There, there are so many amazing things about this story and about how you managed to, to become interested in, in, um, getting other people to be uh, open to to getting help and to um, seek help i think it's it's something very important and one thing that i find very interesting is when when you talk with people you you see that others are also um, struggling with different things and i i think that's it's such an important part of of us as humans, but I don't know if if that's your experience, but um I see it harder for for us men to do that like it's it's harder for us to to speak about and to talk about our feelings or about feeling sad and things of that nature as we tend to be more competitive. Has that been your experience as well? Very much so. Um, there's a lot of very interesting research in the field of men and masculinity these days. Um, it was kind of a, I know the field's been around for a while, but I had a very pivotal friend of mine who was actually a psychologist who specializes in men and masculinity. And um, we had some fascinating discussions about, um, you know, men's openness to admitting when they've you know, don't feel well. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's very much something that I think, uh, we could make a lot of progress on. Um, I look at, you know, like rape culture was also a very big component of university, particularly in fraternities and sororities and sporting events. Um, and so when I was going through school, all of that was really, just come into the forefront uh and it was really in front of the me too movement there was kind of this acknowledgement of uh um you know harm to women uh particularly around drugs and alcohol and date rape and that so that whole sort of thing so um i think it's really intertwined i think our uh i think men and masculinities you know our inability to speak about um emotions our tendency is to lash out and I think we hurt people because of that. And and I decided to hurt myself as an outlet for this frustration and anger. Um, but I think there's quite a bit of violence that uh, men do largely because of our inability to express how we're feeling. Uh, and I um, really specialize in being able to talk to other men about this issue because I feel like I went through the exact same thing of not being able to express myself and then um, was able to kind of 
feel comfortable enough with my own dysfunction that I was able to approach it in a way that wasn't um, detrimental, that didn't feel detrimental, that I felt more skilled. And so when I, when I started talking to people, for me, it was more about like skill building. Talking about emotions is just not something that we do very often. And mm-hmm. frankly, we spend more time, you know, playing with the ball, shooting it in the hoop or kicking it in the back of the net. And we're pretty good at that. But we don't spend a lot of time talking about our emotions. So for me, it's not really about shame. And it shouldn't be about like, oh, you're, you know, you're bad because you don't talk about your emotions too. For me, I always approach it as like skill building, like, hey, you know, you're just, you're just like not really good at this yet because you're like a toddler learning to walk and you can't just expect yourself to already know how to um, properly express emotions if you don't have that experience. And that was just what happened in my case is I just didn't have that experience. It was not a skill that I was comfortable with. And when I got into therapy, I realized that like, well, I had a safe place to explore it, which is just so key, which is why I've been really interested in help seeking and advocacy um, because I think that's a really appropriate forum for people um, to explore building this skill, which is talking about how you feel, um, letting some of those things that are going on in your head out uh, and just getting a second opinion on it. Yeah, definitely. And I love this perspective. We we don't learn uh, how to walk in a single day. We don't learn how to drive in, in a single day. We have to take time and practice and build this skill and become more, become better at it in time. And yeah, I think it's it's an important part of how we, we deal with what's happening on the inside and um, I believe that just talking about this topic I'm sure that many of our listeners that are men definitely resonate and and um, see that it's it's something that they might be going through as well and um, for them what would your advice be like what would be the first steps Great question. Um, the first step um, for me, it really began with um, finding the right forum in which I was comfortable to start exploring those questions about how I was feeling and why I was feeling that way because I didn't feel comfortable talking to my friends, my family members, my teachers, my coaches. I, you know, I was too wrapped up in the idea of me needing to be successful to be able to say that I'm struggling interpersonally. So um, a friend of mine said once, you know, hey, you should really just think about talking to a therapist. And I kind of wrote the idea off and it took a very long time for me to have that experience where, you know, I was pretty much forced or but to go to therapy because of, you know, my trouble. So um, I, I think asking for help is step number one. Um, and I think, or even two is 
first admitting to yourself that it's okay not to figure it out on your own. Um, I think we have an idea that we should be very independent and we should be able to figure all of these things out on our own. And the reality is so much interpersonal struggle, like I was saying, we're just really not good at it. And if you want to get good at something very fast, the quickest way to do it is talk to an expert. Talk to somebody who knows what they're doing in the space who can help you navigate. So um, health coaches, therapists, peer support, uh, mental health professionals, I think um, are just such a great resource that I really advocate for um, because I had a good experience. I realize there's, you know, the medical industrial complex has its own difficulties, but um, I'm just a big advocate of people talking about what they're going through um, and not being afraid to take the first step with people that are close to you, um, people that are, you know, in these roles, in these support roles like school counselors or offices of HR at work or, you know, any government offices that are design, you know, social work or something like that. Um, I think acknowledging that you don't have to have all of the answers yourself is, is a really key step. And then I think the second one is to go out and try and build that support network around you that um, has the ability and the skills to like help you build the tools. Um, and the one thing I'd say is I got very lucky that the mental health professional I was working with was very good. We matched well. Um, and I've seen a lot of stories of people who they go and they reach out for mental health support. And the first person they interact with, they don't get along with very well and they get discouraged about the entire industry. And that's something I want to caution people about um, because ther therapist client or mental health professional client fit is extremely important. So um, that's actually one of the reasons that we're doing what we are with my mental health support app is to try and make it easier to match people with the appropriate uh, mental health support professional because um, that, that is so critical. Exactly. I actually wanted to, to get to this, uh, to, to the work that you're doing right now with Avalo. Um, I think it's it creates uh, a safe environment in which you can express yourself and ask for help, and I think that's that's such an important part of just putting it out there and letting yourself be uh, supported anonymously. I, I think it's it's an important part since it might be harder at first to to admit it admit that you that you need some help and um to to ask for it and yeah i would love for you to uh talk a little bit more about this part how how you see it sure so um i found that the barrier or the, the barrier to entry for asking a mental health professional for support is very very high in the united states um, we, you don't know what type of professional you want to talk to. You don't know how frequently you don't know who's good. There's just, there's a lot of unknowns. And so it, I think there's a lot that prevents people from going to mental health professionals and, and saying, Hey, you know, I think I might need help. 
So what I've tried to do with Avalo is lower the bar around what it means to ask for help. You can download the app. It's 100% anonymous and you can post in our forum. Um, and we've got, you know, all these safety features in terms of blocking and flagging content and making sure it's appropriate, but you can anonymously post, nobody knows. Uh, and then you can have other Avalo peer app users and mental health professionals comment and provide peer and professional support through the application. And what this does is it starts the conversation. And that's all our goal is right now, is to start the conversation, to, to lower the bar around the intensity of asking for help. We want this to be a place where people feel comfortable going, oh, you know, I just really had a bad day. I just don't feel well. I need some support all the way to, hey, you know, I've been really feeling suicidal for the last six months and I don't really know what to do. I haven't told anybody. Um, I think I need, I might need some help. Um, we want to, it's not a suicide um, hotline or response line, but what it is, is a place to talk about what you're experiencing with the hopes of um, making the appropriate next step. So then we have some big plans to incorporate natural language processing to uh, improve the matching of our mental health professionals on the platform to those individuals who are experiencing certain types of uh, mental health complications. So um, we wanna improve the matching by using some modern technology and then creating a very safe space for that first conversation or you know, for people to feel comfortable opening up online. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think it's it's such an important part of even of feeling grateful and being able to to be grateful for me it unless we are able to to do something with these emotions that we are feeling and admitting that we we are going through these kinds of emotions um so what we we need to f to do something with them first and gratitude comes later gratitude can help us uh, improve our state as well but i don't believe in just um like n not admitting that there are other feelings there and just focusing on gratitude it's really helpful to to balance things out but i don't believe in just forgetting about those, those things that are inside of us and since we are at this topic i wanted to ask you how how did gratitude help you in this process and in in what you've been through? Yeah, um, again, this is a gratitude is so paramount in um, the healing phase of my mental health journey. Um, there was the first kind of, all right, you know, I've got this, I've got this blackness that I feel is in my body, on my soul, in my mind, you know, this, this pain, this, this, this suffering. Um, and I didn't know how to react to those feelings. So what happened was when I started building skills around how to address this particular component of my personality, which was 
um, you know, expressed as sadness, frustration, anger, uh, confusion, uh, risky behavior. When I started to um, re-establish my relationship to that, and I wasn't afraid of it, and it wasn't something I was ashamed of, I was able to what I kind of call turn the corner, so to speak, on um, not running away from some of the things that I may struggle with in my life, but being able to look at them in a different light um, and being able to accept myself for the things that I do that are really great and the things that I screw up on. Um, and it was through this process of kind of re-establishing my relationship to myself, really, um, that I was able to become more empathetic. Um, I was able to I was able to see this pain on other people and use it for good. Started to volunteer with the National Alliance on Mental Illness, uh, it lead peer support groups. I started to be started to become a community activist for mental health. Did public speaking. Um, did a couple TED talks. I mean, I I totally changed my life for the better because of this mental health experience and because I was suicidal um, and because I, 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 was, I was so close to deciding that dying was a better alternative to living that um, I really turned the corner on, on my relationship to life. And um, once I started to see that pain and suffering and be grateful for the experience I, I, I made incredible progress because um, I looked at the, my pain and suffering um, and once I turned it into fuel um, I was able to make progress I was able to you know do all these things create this app change my life and I was very motivated by that so I'm very grateful that um that i had this experience because of the change in direction that i experienced and then i also became grateful for that component of myself because even though i i went from shame to gratefulness i went from being ashamed about who i was and what this was in my life to being grateful that i was aware of you know that place in myself that soul that that component of me that i spent so many years running away from once i became grateful and once i started to appreciate that even as being a potentially non-optimal thing even as that you know that personality trait that characteristic that feeling being what the world today says is not good right i mean especially in the united states we um, really push for people to always be happy all of the time and whatever. And I, I don't think the modern world today has an, uh, a really open balance around positive emotions and negative emotions. Um, and I, I became grateful that I ha actually had negative emotions because I realized that they could be used for good. They didn't have to be these things that were just shut in you know a drawer and locked and never 
um, mm. talked about or addressed. So um, it opened my eyes to an entirely different kind of philosophical approach to life. And um, that was the pivotal moment in like really turning and, and being much more mature. And so um, gratefulness has, has been an, a huge component of, of my journey from a philo philosophical perspective. And from a tangible perspective, I got very involved in um, this uh, department at the University of Minnesota where I attended, which is called the Department for Center of the Department, or excuse me, the Center for Spirituality and Healing, um, and got into kind of Eastern philosophy and meditation and gratitude meditation. And um, there are actually a lot of tangible tools that gratitude can supply you as well like loving kindness meditation gratitude journaling which were really pivotal in me um you know building that toolkit that skill set to approach my um you know my mental and emotional health better this is amazing i i love how you um managed to to use gratitude in a, in a healthy way in a in a balanced way and i totally feel the same that it's it's very important to um to have this shift in in perception when it comes to our pain to to embrace it and to appreciate the gifts that that's all, all also bringing and um Another important part of what you managed to do that I think it's it's amazing is the fact that you you managed to find purpose and once we managed to find purpose and to to see that it's not just us that are in pain that are suffering one way or another, we see that there are other people that are going through something similar and we we have the power to to reach out to help them one way or another and i think that's that's amazing and it's it's the way we we can build each other up and and help each other out and i think i think this is beautiful and one of the the things that i love about your app is the fact that you can see um what other people are saying as well and you don't feel like you're the only one that's going through something you see that there are other people opening up and writing about their experience and getting um some help i think that's that's such an important part when you see that there are other people going through something similar you're able to become more aware of what's going on inside of you as well and know that you're not alone in this and i believe that this is one of the the most important parts in um, actually being able to to overcome a certain situation like like you went through, like the one that you went through. So yeah, it it's it's quite amazing. And um, yeah, an, another fact, <laughs> another important thing about uh, the app, it's free right now, right? Yes, it is. Uh, it's free for um, end users. And since we are still in beta, it's also free for mental health professionals. So um, it's a great way to connect, um, 
you know, people who are in need with those people who may have expertise in the field. And I think the point even brought up about um, it being, you know, it being a community and being able to see what other people post is valuable for a couple different reasons. One, you can, you know, kind of uh, see the thought process that somebody else has that may be going through something similar to you. And two, you can also see other people who appear to approach the issue in a way that you may um, benefit from. So if there's a professional who is responding and you really enjoy the, the tone, the questions, the, you know, the angle, you think that they are like, wow, I'm, I wonder how they act. You can go to their profile and we'll link to all of their resources. Um, so you can email, call them or visit their webpage. So, um, you know, that it's very hard to ask for help and it's very hard to know who to ask for help. And we're trying to uh, kind of combine those things. So it's just easier for people to get on living their lives in a way that, um, you know, is, uh, is, is, is enjoyable. That's ultimately what it comes down to is um, helping people traverse mental and emotional health challenges uh, and not have to go through the amount of time that I went through kind of beating myself down to suicide. It was over the course of, you know, three or four years of this just slow sort of slip down this dark path. And um, a lot of people go further down that path and unfortunately you know decide to uh take their own lives but um we're trying to get in front of that but it's not just for people who are suicidal it's for people who you know go through breakups or whatever it is it's for anybody who has a challenge that they're just looking for another perspective on they're looking for somebody to provide some support and some light in their life and i mean it's available for everybody you can download at avalo.app um, and if you just search on the Play Stores or the App Store, uh, Avalo, A-V-A-L-O, it'll be the first thing that pops up. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation and um, I'm really hoping that this app will be serving many people and especially in this time when the pandemic seems to bring so much confusion and so much fear um, for so many people and um, yeah it's it's been a real pleasure having you on and thank you so much for your time thank you for the opportunity i really appreciate it this episode has been brought to you by yours truly support this podcast by purchasing the how to experience abundance through gratitude course and you'll be going from lack to abundance in seven weeks with easy and fun exercises plus the commitment is less than 10 minutes per day it's only 50 bucks and you can get it on georgianbenta.com abundance or just visit the link in the description